Hi everyone, you're listening to Jess in the Flesh. So this is just the audio version of my live streamed radio show. So I switched it over to podcast format. I live stream the show on Twitch every single Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you want to check out the show that way, you can. Also, we're on YouTube, so the link will be in the show notes. So if you want to check that out, honestly, feel free to do so. Anyway, on to the episode. What's up? What's up? Welcome to another episode of Jess in the Flesh. So, if you don't know and you're new here, hi, my name is Jess. I'm a 23-year-old recent college graduate. I'm trying to figure out life and I'm trying to be here for other people who, you know, graduated in this unfortunate time we're in right now and are kind of just learning how to adult and coping with getting through things in regards to just getting older, becoming more mature, more wise. You feel? Because the struggle is real, my guy. (laughs) So anyway, I also talk about mental health and self-development, which are two big topics in my podcast, but I just want to create a community and be there for other people and share my stories in hopes of having you not make the same mistakes as I have made because your girl has made some fair share of mistakes and had her fair share of mishaps. So, yeah. So I just wanted to ensure that y'all are living your best lives and everything. You good? You got a snack? You got some water? Okay, cool. So you're ready for the show. So we're going to start with my weekly recap. Wow. (laughs) So this week, I had work and stuff, which was interesting. I feel like every time I go into work, it's something different. If you don't know or remember, I work in retail. And when I first started, I kind of like hated it with my my guts, with my life. (laughs) But the more I do it the more I'm open to it, and I feel like that's a good thing, especially because the job climate right now really ain't it. And I was an art major, so, you know, I'm really trying to figure out what specifically I want to do with that. But in the meantime, I'd rather be making some kind of money from something that has nothing to do with what I majored in, and even a high schooler could do it. Not to roast any high schoolers out there, but... Your girl's a college graduate, okay? I have a degree. I was in honors, bitch, okay? (laughs) The joke is, that's not saying much, because I was an art major. But that doesn't mean I'm dumb, okay? Let's get that clear. Just because I was an art major doesn't mean I'm dumb. It's just because I was furthest along in those classes. And if you really want the whole backstory of my college experience and what I endured, it is in another episode of the show. So if you want to check that out, you can. I will leave it in the show notes if you're listening to the podcast or in the description on the YouTube video. And if you're watching live on Twitch, you would G. (laughs) Specifically at work though, yesterday I went into work. No, not yesterday. On Wednesday, I went into work 
at opening because I thought that was opening that day. It turns out I was opening next week. And so I went in two hours early, but they allowed me to stay. So I got a little extra coin. So my mishap ended up benefiting me, which was good, but it was still awkward and uncomfortable, but like, it was fine. Like I said, I feel like going into work each day, I'm not doing the same thing, which is nice because your girl gets bored. She needs a variety. She needs some sauce, if you know what I mean, some zest in her life. Also in other news, on Instagram, I posted one of the covers that was previously on the show that I did. I posted my cover of Read My Mind by The Killers on Instagram, and it only has five views, so we love that. Five people at least wanted to watch my video, but regardless, I got an email from some random woman who was like, I feel like she was being like inquiring to be like my manager or a talent agent or something. She was like, we could discuss this with your parents, like talk to your parents about this or whatever. I don't really know exactly what she said, but she didn't say the word manager or agent in the email. It was very vague, so I don't know if it was a scam, um, but also, you know, she thought I was a minor. I'm 23, <laughs> and I feel like that's the case a lot of the time. People will look at me and think I am a lot younger than I am, but alas, it is to my benefit later on. Like, right now, it's kind of annoying and frustrating. Like, yo, I will be carded whenever I go out and get some drinks with the chicas every single time until I'm probably like 30, but you know, it's a blessing and a curse to look young. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm probably not gonna respond to that because I feel like it's a scam. So she was like, "You should. we should plan a call. And I'm just like, okay, you're funny. So yeah, that's probably not hap happening. The girl's not popping out with a record deal <laughs> or anything, but imagine change of my life like overnight bitch overnight so that was an experience also i started to do more virtual assistant business in the works kind of stuff if you've been listening to the podcast or the show in general i've been taking a course on how to become a virtual assistant it's super interesting. It has all the details, the package, everything. And I just finished all of my branding and I'm super excited. I still want to finish all of my launch modules before I actually like, you know, make it a really public kind of thing, like what I'm doing. The thing about me is I wanna make sure that I stick with it and I'm 100% in and there's no turning back and have the preparatory like steps all done and complete and prepared because I'm a perfectionist and it's a blessing and a curse, right? Because, you know, being a perfectionist, it's about, you know, you, you're not satisfied with not doing something to the best of your ability. And if you're not good at something or you don't think that you're ready, then you can stop yourself from doing things because you don't want to experience failure. And like, that's something that I've experienced. So I really just want to prepare everything and make sure it's bright before I proceed any further. But I feel like perfectionists can go like one of two ways, right? You're either so paralyzed by fear of failing that you just never do anything or, you know, you're such a perfectionist that when you tell people 
you have to follow through. You have to do everything to make sure that it's perfect. I typically fall in the first category of people where I don't do things because I feel like I'm going to fail. But I'm trying to overcome that and be more of a perfectionist in the second category. I know that being a perfectionist isn't the most healthy thing, but... You know, it's a characteristic, a character flaw that I have, and I'm choosing to look at the more positive traits of being a perfectionist, the positive side of it, because, you know, it also ensures that you're a hardworking individual and you want to make sure that you do everything to the best of your ability. Like, I'm not one for slacking on things that I seek out to do. So there's some things I don't give 100% effort in, but most of the time, those are things that I really don't want to do in the first place. (laughs) So, you know, it really just depends on my perfectionism tendencies, like, when they come out. Also, scope the robe, guys. Scope the robe. If you're listening on the podcast, you're missing out. I'm wearing this fluffy robe today because it brings me comfort. It brings me joy. It makes me feel like... I was going to say a little boy, but, you know, little boys don't really wear robes. Unless you're talking about the kid from the Polar Express, because, yo, that movie slaps, okay? <laughs> if you if you don't watch the Polar Express around Christmas, like, what are you doing? That's, like, must-see television, okay? Must-see film. <laughs> but anyway, besides all that, I'm just going to reveal today's topic. So, today's show topic is about introversion and isolation. So I'm going to discuss how I've always been an introvert and how I view introversion as well as the positives and negatives of isolation, which is something I also have the tendency to do. So before we get into that though, we're going to play some music for you guys because you know it's called Just in the Flesh Radio for a reason. So we're going to pop you off with some tunes, okay? So prepare your eardrums for some bops, okay? (laughs) For our first musical recap, we have Lover of Mine by Five Seconds of Summer, Hello My Old Heart by The Oh Hellos, Neptune by Sleeping At Last, and The Village by Rabel. Hey guys, so we're back. There's a couple of things I forgot to mention on my like weekly recap that I completely forgot. So if you tuned in last week and you've been listening along with the show, for October I decided to do a spooky movie marathon sort of thing. So every day in October my plan is to watch a spooky movie, whether that be a horror movie or a Halloween themed movie. It's up to me and how I'm feeling on that day today. You feel me? So, like I said last time, the first movie I watched was House at the End of the Street. So you heard about that and my opinions on that in the last episode. And if you didn't, then you can look back on it on the podcast. Feel free to do so. But then after that, I watched In the Tall Grass, which is about, you know, this field that doesn't let people out and there's spooky shit that happens. it was okay. It wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst. Circle was... I didn't like that movie. 
It was like a big budget cut of a film, okay? The, the concept basically was that there's like a hundred people in the circular room and they decide who dies. And so they just kill everyone off and it's just in one setting the whole entire movie. I was quite bored. It just didn't interest me. There was not a lot of visual appeal because it was basically the same the whole time. And then I also watched The Haunted, which was on Hulu, I think. It was about this girl who went to this haunted house, I think, to take care of her dad or something. I don't really remember. Or grandpa. And I could be very wrong because I honestly was half paying attention to this because it kind of bored me. But you know, there was a ghoul in there. So uh, obviously the house was haunted. And she flipped her shit. And she found her mom at the end. I don't know. It was weird. She met her in the front and I was confused. Then I watched Hocus Pocus. I I have never seen Hocus Pocus before this year. And that brings me shame. I, I am like, you know, the age in between like millennial and Gen Z. I was born in 97. So I'm really on the cusp. I am a cusp. <laughs> so, you know, I really, really... I was letting my people down by never seeing it before. And so I, I, I felt the need. And let me tell you, I, it was so entertaining. I was so entertained, like, thoroughly. I really enjoyed the film. Like, I didn't think I would that much. But now I know what I was missing out on. I really do. And then I watched Silence of the Lambs, which was okay. Like, it was good. But then there were some boring parts to me. I don't know. It had ups and downs. And then the other night I watched Coraline with my sister. We we watched it. It's free on YouTube, by the way. I'm not promoting that because it's illegal, but it, there, there's a free version on YouTube. And we watched it and I've only seen the film like one other time before. And it's just very uncomfortable. Like I feel like whoever made it is like emotionally unsound. And it was funny, I made this comment to my sister and I was like, if this is someone's favorite movie, I automatically don't trust them. And so she was like, oh, this is, insert her friend's name here, favorite movie. And I was like, oh, well, that's uncomfortable. I don't understand why. But, I mean, I don't know. It just, it just is a movie that makes me very uncomfortable. Like, I'd rather watch pretty much any other horror movie over that movie, over Coraline, because it spooked me out. And so then, last night I watched Insidious, and it was just, oh, I've seen it before, but I forgot how good it was. I, I really liked that one. I feel like it was, it was well done. It wasn't over the top, like, cheesy but it wasn't, like, I wasn't scared. But the thing is, I don't scare easily. But out of all the films I watched, I really like Hocus Pocus. And then Insidious is probably my second favorite. But if you have any suggestions for what horror films I should watch during my October movie fest, let me know. Because I'm also planning on watching this, um, Scream 1 and 2. Because I've never seen the Scream movies either. And I feel like I would enjoy that because it's like comedy and horror and two worlds mesh. And I feel like it would be good for me and my needs. The other thing I wanted to say before we actually get into the meat and potatoes of the episode, I always have a, a hashtag non-spawn snack of the day. Today's non-spawn snack of the day, besides me, is 
these wheat thins. I have tomato and basil wheat thins. I think they're delicious and that's all I have to say about that. So if you have a snack, feel free to grab a snack, eat some quality food, and enjoy yourself. But <laughs> anyway, moving on from that, we're going to be talking about introversion in this segment. So growing up, I've always just been a very quiet kid, and that's kind of just natural to me. You know, it just stems from my time in the womb, okay? I don't think your child can really be determined to be an introvert or an extrovert from the womb, but my mom's told me this story before about how there were multiple times when she was pregnant with me and she thought I was dead because I wouldn't move, so... That was fun. <laughs> and so she had to like call the doctor. The doctor told her to drink like warm milk and lay on her back. And then I fluttered and it was good. She's like, oh, she's alive. Okay. So yeah, I I guess I, that's more laziness than introversion. But I mean, I interpret that as being shy and like, you know, in my little fetal position in the, in the womb, as they say. As a kid, I never really talked a lot to people. I was pretty much to myself. I wasn't a whiny, annoying child, and I feel like that's why I don't have patience for whiny, annoying kids. I think it's just because I couldn't really relate to it because I wasn't like that as a kid. This is all according to my mom, so... You know, obviously, like, children have moments of crying or being whiny, but, like, really that wasn't in my attributes. That wasn't a general thing for me as a kid. So... I feel like that made me not have patience for it. So I was very, like, introverted as a kid. Like, I never really talked. I really liked books when I was a very little kid, even before I could read. When I was, like, you know, one or two, I would just sit there and flip through books. Not even know, like, what they said. I would just sit there, I'd look at the pages, I'd flip through books. And then as soon as I was finished, I'd start over and do it again. And so along those notes... I am very much, still I am, and I was into like very mundane, repetitive tasks, like tasks that you can do and you don't really think, and it's repetitive. I don't know why, It there's just something about it that really like resonates with me. So that was one of them. And so I really was a bookworm as a kid. Like I, I loved reading. When I could read, I would read a lot. And I kind of vicariously lived through books as opposed to actually, I don't know, relating to other people. And so, you know, it was a good and a bad thing. It allowed me to have imagination, but it also isolated me. But I'll talk about my isolation later. <laughs> Along the lines of thoughtless, like, repetitive tasks I used to do, uh, it's, it's also related to Halloween. How convenient. I used to have this, like, you know, you know how y'all get those plastic pumpkins where you hold all your candy when you go trick-or-treating? Well, after we went trick-or-treating when I was a little kid, I would sit there for hours. I'm telling you, this is how much I enjoy thoughtless repetitive tasks. I would dump the entire, like, plastic pumpkin that was full of candy out, and I would individually put like each piece back in and I would do it again and I would do it over and over again. I feel like this isn't really about me being an introvert but more so about me having like 
OCD tendencies, but the thing is, I'm not OCD. So, I don't know, like, I don't know. Can you, can you actually develop out of having OCD? Because if you can, I probably did. (laughs) But, like, regardless, I could very easily entertain myself and, like, enjoy my own company and occupy my own time. So I guess if you were looking at it in that sense, it was kind of like an action that I did as being an introvert because, you know, I was able to entertain myself and really make use of my time alone. And, you know, from then I've always been that way. You know, I did have friends growing up and then, you know, eventually I push people away with my avoidant attachment. In the last episode, I talk about my friendships and how I developed avoidant attachment or my hypothesis on how that happened. So yeah, if you wanna hear that whole that whole thing in depth, it's on the last episode. But to just quickly recap, growing up, I had a tendency to push people away and, you know, if I wanted to get to know someone better or like in a friendship way or a romantic way, I would just like, you know, do the opposite of what I was feeling because I didn't want to get attached because all my friends, not all of them, but a lot of my friends continued to move away from me as a kid. So that was my hypothesis. Long story short, that was my hypothesis. I feel like by doing that, it also allowed me to become more of an introvert. But besides like that, when my mom always tells me this other story. When I was a little kid, there was one time where I was at Thanksgiving dinner with my family and my uncle commented to my mom and he was like, like, what's wrong with her? She's not really talking. Cause like, I was just sitting there eating my food and just like taking it all in. I've always been a very observant person and I've always kind of just sat back and took everything in. And he was like, like what's wrong is she okay and my mom's like she's always like this and he's like really like it was a shock to him and I feel like it's probably a shock to a lot of people because I don't know when I imagine little kids I imagine them being like rowdy and like you know all like talkative and social and everything and just very like much having not having to filter and just saying everything but as a little kid I was never like that I always like was just content sitting there observing just being to myself thinking my own little thoughts like because I was pushing people away I had to kind of learn how to entertain myself and become my own friend and like just vibe being me and just like being content with my own thoughts and I still really enjoy like just zoning out daydreaming thinking and really like focusing on my like my thought process and myself as a human being but I feel like it can also just be like quite isolating to really just only be living in your head I guess you know because you also do need that socialization usually like in groups I never felt like I belonged in groups like I always would like not be social with other people kind of perceive myself as the outcast so thus I became the outcast because I believe now that like your thoughts kind of become who you are. If you have the all the confidence in the world, you're going to project all the confidence in the world. Like if you think that you're confident, you are confident. You know what I mean? And I feel like all of those thoughts stacking on top of each other can 
really make or break you as a person. And so living in my head all the time, I feel like there was a point where I was doing more harm than good. Socially, I felt like I was relatively normal until probably like middle school. I feel like that's when I really started to be very, very introverted into myself. And even through this, though, I feel like the good thing about myself is I feel like I've always been authentic to me. Like, I never really cared to fit in with, like, certain crowd or certain group of people. I was relatively content being alone. But, you know, it gets to a certain point where you long for other people and human connection because, you know, we're very social creatures and we kind of need that. But typically, I've always been more talkative, more open around people that... I, I've always gravitated towards like other, like other loner type people or adults. I am more comfortable around adults or loners or people younger than me than my actual peers. Just because I've, I've always felt like the people who are younger than me would have more respect for me than my peers. And I, I don't know why I'd always associate like my peers with like pure judgment. I was just very self-conscious around my peers, even though I've always felt like I was authentic to myself in social settings like that. It's just like it was withheld. Like some things, it was just hard to express myself because I was stopping myself. But the thing is like, it's a balance between being content and feeling sad. You're an introvert, you know, like I feel like there are some, like a rare breed, that are perfectly happy just, you know, being a lone wolf and doing their own thing. Like, it's a very small percentage because, you know, most people need that. As an introvert, I needed ways to kind of express my emotions and my feelings that I wasn't really expressing other people with my words. And so I kind of just threw myself into all different creative things. I was a dancer. I danced for 14 years, but you know, never learned to touch my toes because I'm the most inflexible person to know. Like, do you know someone who was a dancer for 14 years and can't touch their toes? Because I don't. That makes me a special breed. I also really like became obsessed with music and that's kind of just helped me cope. That's why I kind of ended up being here and making this kind of radio talk show thing. Because I also did radio in college too. And leading up to that even, like, there's always music playing around the house. And it always just, like, made me feel like I could relate to other people in a, in a different way. Like, I never felt before. I also went into, like, doing all different kind of artistic pursuits. Like, uh, I was an art major in college. I did painting, collage, digital art. Like, pretty much crafting, like pretty much anything artsy you can think of. <laughs> I tried my hand at blogging, podcasting, obviously you're here, so hi. I was making YouTube videos for a really, really long time. And I felt like I've dabbled in all of those things, but hobbies for me were never consistent. They would always rotate in and out of season for me because I'm just the kind of person who gets bored doing the same, like, thing all of the time and a lot of the time for me when I start something new I have that initial excitement and the ones that wears off I'm like uh, this is boring you know so a lot of these creative outlets aren't things that I you know practice frequently or as frequently as I'd want to because it's like you can only do so much right 
Usually I'll cycle back to certain things after it's been a duration of time. I'll get bored with one thing, I'll go to another thing. I'll try something new. I'm always been like a person who's very open to learning and really diving into myself, which is, I feel like a really positive thing about being introverted. Like, you know, not to say that extroverts aren't, you know, into like learning and really experimenting with different things. I feel like extroverts experiment with different things in different ways. Like their their stuff is more socially, like they're probably more so like kinesthetic learners, like learning by doing or learning, you know, by socializing in collaborative learning and stuff. Whereas like introverts like me, I, I learn by listening. I learn by like researching things in my own regard. I learn by reading. It's, I feel like it's, a very different way of doing that but I feel like as an introvert you kind of are able to have a broader perspective of things because you have the tendency to think more than an extrovert thinks you think a lot before you act or do a certain thing because you know it could be good in a sense that you won't do anything too rash before you really make a decision you really analyze your decision and make the decision that is right for you but at the same time it can make it almost seem debilitating to make a decision like you're overthinking so much that you just never make a decision because you're thinking about it too much try to like shift that like action place of doing can be a challenge i mean at least for me i don't know if any other introverts can relate but <laughs> particularly with my youtube videos if you don't know, I was making YouTube videos for a really long time, probably since middle school. And I feel like I was gravitated towards making those videos because it allowed me to express myself with my words, but not really to my peers, not really to other people because I was just, you know, very self-conscious and very afraid of judgment. And I felt like, I don't know, talking to a camera would just be easier than talking to people because you know, the camera can't talk back at you or degrade you or reject you or abandon you, you know? So it was kind of just like a crutch, like a coping mechanism for me. And so I felt like in those moments when I was really like into YouTube, cause I've, I've done it on and off for that long. Right now I'm kind of taking a little break from it because my cycle of interests, it's its on the out right now. <laughs> I felt like when I was filming those videos and being by myself and kind of just talking and expressing myself in that way, I felt like I was like really expressive. I feel like a lot of the time when I do isolate myself and I like am just doing my own thing, I feel like the most like myself, you know? Cause when you're alone and you're doing your own thing, there's no judgment in what you're doing. You know, it doesn't really affect you by what other people say. It comes to a point where isolation itself kind of takes a toll on your mental health and it's not the best. So after the music break, I'm just gonna get more so into isolation and the positives and negatives that I've experienced by, you know, being an introvert and isolating myself and going into hibernation for a bit. Let's get on with the music. We also have Bloom by the Paper Kites. 
Uncomfortable by Wallows, Wires by The Neighborhood, and Southern Comforting by Hotel Mira. Anyway, next topic of discussion is isolation. Like I said previously in my last segment, doing things alone and just making YouTube videos, I kind of just felt the most like myself as opposed to, like, you know, being in a group setting. I never feel like my 100% myself when I'm in a group setting. Ever. It's kind of hard because it's like, I don't know. I feel like when you're in a group, people judge you. And I don't know, I always really cared about what the other people think. And I feel like that's a problem that a lot of people have. But when it comes to like any social media outlets or my YouTube channel, besides just not sticking with it because I creatively get bored and move on to the next thing, like I said previously, I also felt like it was kind of like I didn't want to grow or I was afraid to grow my account and really be fully committed to it with consistency because I didn't want more people to find me and judge me and deal with hate comments because I have a fragile ass ego. It's fucking paper. So, um, you know, I really just didn't want that for myself. I didn't want people to hate on me for being myself, especially because, you know, YouTube... And in my videos, I felt like I was the most authentically me because you're just you filming in front of a camera. In that moment, there's no one there to judge you. It's just you. And that kind of pressure from other people, like finding my content or being a fan of me, freaked me out. And, you know, when you have a lot of people looking up to you or following you or whatever... It's hard because, I don't know, I mean, I can't relate to it because I haven't had that, but I have a feeling that I don't really truly want that because it's a lot of pressure to always be perfect for other people and always be a great role model, especially now with cancel culture and everyone just hating on people and trying to ruin careers from things that they said years ago that aren't even relevant to now or don't really reflect their true character now. It irritates me because there's a lot of people who you know are perfectly good people now and they make great things and they're really great role models and just because they said a really terrible insensitive joke years ago doesn't mean that they're like that now and also it's just really wrong to go back and dig up people's past think about it you've probably in the past have said something insensitive and rude and degrading about someone else. Difference is, because that they, they put themselves out there, there's receipts on you. Part of me just doesn't also want receipts on me and people to, like, come at my life and think that I'm a shitty person for something I said, like, years ago that is irrelevant to my life now, and I just, I don't like that. Overall, I just was self-sabotaging my my growth on YouTube because I didn't want to deal with the hate comments because I'm emotionally weak. So yeah, that's that's an issue. But anyway, um, isolation, I believe, is a form of self-harm. And I never really thought about it from this perspective until I saw a TikTok 
where this guy kind of was like, oh, these are things that are self-harm that you don't really think that are. And um, isolation was one of them. I never really thought about it like that, but we do all need to be social at some point. Because, you know, if you're in isolation for far too long, you go insane. If you think about criminals who are thrown into solitary confinement, you know, they come out probably worse than when they went in because they're alone in a dark room and they have no, like, social stimulation. And it's horrible. I almost feel like that's a worse punishment than just killing them off. You know, like, I just think that's just something terrible that happens. Besides the point, I I just feel like because of that situation, if you're doing it to yourself, it's, it is definitely a form of self-harm, at least in my eyes. I've definitely had cycles of isolating myself. It happens frequently. I'm trying to get better about it, but it still happens a lot. At a certain point, it kind of just continues to reinforce my low self-esteem. And if you're so isolated for an extended period of time, your mind tends to drift to bad places. Our minds are naturally programmed to really focus on the negative, not only like biologically like that, but also just with all of our external factors that are affecting us, like the news, social media. When it's just yourself and your thoughts, it's really reflective of that. Taking on that lone wolf kind of persona and going into isolation in my little cocoon, it kind of felt like it was me against the world. Nobody else matters because I can only rely on myself. And I'm aware that's that's a ridiculous way of thinking, but sometimes it gets to that point where that's how you feel that you just have yourself. And especially because you're the only person in this world that you have control over and you can't control how other people treat you or their outcomes, it's really just you. At the same time, other people in your life can help change your perspective and improve you or make you worse depending on your circumstance, but you just need good people in your life to, you know, help you really be comfortable and confident with, you know, who you are and bring out the good in you. Because some people need that extra push to do things and be better and be social. Like, at least with me, like, to get myself out of isolation, I, I need some extroverted friends to pull me out of my house and make me do something. I'm not the kind of person who's going to go out of my way to be social. That is definitely not what I do. And it's nice to have that like external push because a lot of the times I'll go somewhere and I'll enjoy myself because I'm with my friends, you know? When you're isolating yourself in those moments, sometimes you can't really see that. Or there's a lot of the time where I'll make plans to hang out with someone, the day will come, and I'm like, oh, I really don't want to go, it's gonna suck, I don't really want to leave my house, like, I'm comfortable here, blah, 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 and then you go, and you're like, oh, I'm having a great time, you know, so, it's really just about people pushing you to do things you don't want to do, sometimes they can actually make you happy. It was also to a point where I felt that isolating myself 
and pushing other people away from me was protecting other people from me because I didn't have the best light. I didn't see myself in the best way. I thought I was like a terrible human being. And so part of me felt like pushing people away and not having them in my life was better for them and also better for me because I wouldn't be hurting them. But by doing that and isolating myself from other people, it was very like self-destructive and it was hurting them because, you know, they they probably didn't get a warning that I was just going to be like doses and ghost, ghost the fuck out of them. It was just a very self-destructive thing. And by doing this, it was almost reinforcing the negative thoughts and the cycles just like repetitive you know the good thing though about isolating myself is most of the time when i'm isolating myself it makes me more creative as an introvert i definitely get more my creativity from within myself than from socialization or really external factors i mean we are all influenced by external things and obviously we can connect certain things in our minds to certain ideas that we have but most of the time my ideas just come from within myself you know like I don't seek out inspiration when I need to like make an art piece or something or design a logo or whatever like I don't look externally for inspiration I really just like do what comes naturally to me and I feel like when you're an introvert, it's just easier to do that. Like, I don't I don't seek that. For me, I'm more creative when I work independently than in, like, a group or collaborative setting. This made me kind of think of the question, to me, like, what's more important, my own happiness or my ability to create things? Because I know creating things for me is definitely a coping mechanism. It makes me feel a lot better. But a lot of my creative inspiration comes from when you know, I'm not mentally feeling the best and I'm the most creative when I'm sad. And I feel like that's kind of a thing that a lot of like artistic or creative minds have in common. Like our creativity and our genius comes from our pain. (laughs) Like almost like having a what was me mentality and like feeling like you're the victim and just being down on yourself really gives you that inspiration that you need to make something that is like amazing you know it's really hard and it's like yes obviously I want to be happy and mental health and happiness should be most people's number one priority but I feel like I need to find more of a balance between the two it's like a catch-22 right if I focus solely on my mental health and being happy and socializing and improving my life that way I'll still deep down feel sad and unfulfilled because I'm fulfilled by creating things and then if I you know dive deep in the other direction and isolating myself and creating things right I'm not going to be happy because I'm isolating myself and not really having that human connection that we all feel like we need. So if you're creative and you can relate, let me know in the comments, in the chat, or in an Apple podcast review, if you want to, if you're compelled. If not, that's cool too. But anyway, up next, we have our karaoke moment of the week. So 
my cover song this week, I will be playing All I Want by Codaline on ukulele. So I hope you enjoy. And yeah, cue the cover. Hey guys, so this is the part of the episode where I do a music cover. So if you want to hear the ukulele cover on this episode of Jeff in the Flesh, check out the YouTube video version or the replay on Twitch. And anyway, back to commentary. I hope you all enjoyed that cover. Right now we're going to get back into some other bops that I have. And then we'll do our closing remarks. So up next for songs, we have Long Shot by Catfish and the Bottleman. For our last recap, we have Long Shot by Catfish and the Bottleman, Please Notice by Christian Leave, Delusional by Charlie Allen, Spooky Ghosts by Snack Pack, and Bookstore Girl by Charlie Bird. Okay guys, so my mic just decided to stop working at this point of the show, so I'm just going to reiterate what I was saying as I'm editing to kind of close out the episode. So every week, I decide to have a question of the show where I answer an anonymous question either from ask.fm slash jessicawise31 or my Instagram DMs and whatnot and so have you. So if you have a question, please shoot me a DM or go to that link that I mentioned. And yeah, so the question this week was, have you ever been to Disney World or Land? If so, what was your experience? How many times? So as a kid, my dad actually got a lot of business trips or they called them clubs, to Disney World. So I've been there numerous times, probably like three or four times. I haven't been there since I was probably like around 10 years old. I've been to Disneyland once, but more recently I was probably like 13. I'm now 23, so I say recently very lightly. That was like a decade ago, which is crazy. But I really don't remember too much about my experiences. I know that my favorite thing about the park, though, was the feeling that you get when you're there. Because you feel like it's so magical, it's so mystical, it's amazing. And it's really a great place to take a kid because you see all that wonder in their eyes. And it kind of was good because it was an escape from... The struggles of childhood, being a 13-year-old tween, I mean, like, bro. (laughs) It was helpful in that regard as well. A few of my memories specifically that I remember about the park, um, particularly Disney World, I used to stay at the Grand Floridian um, frequently when we went because that's where my dad's work let him stay. It's a very, very nice hotel. I used to call it my home or my house. And, you know, that's just what it was. And we would spend one full day to drive all the way down there. I live in New Jersey, so we would take one full day to drive down there in our car. We'd have our little VHS um, tape recorder on our little TV (laughs) So I'd watch some VHS tapes on the way down, kind of just chilling in our minivan, our Honda Odyssey. We loved that 
we love that vehicle. <laughs> and so we would make a whole day out of it. My grandma would usually come because she's a Disney nut, a Disney fiend. And, you know, really, it was just a really good time to spend with my family. And I really thoroughly appreciated it and enjoyed my experiences there. The one thing that was kind of traumatic that happened to me, I almost drowned in a the pool there once, which was something else. So I was at the Grand Floridian Hotel pool, and they have this slide that's on top of this like little like fake mountain thing. And my dad and I went to go on it, and at the time I was like five or six, and I didn't know how to swim yet because, you know, your girl was late when it came to the swimming game. So, um... When we were at the top, the lifeguard guy there said only one of us could go down at a time because we were planning on just going down together. And we made, well, my father and the man just were like, okay, well, she's going to go down first. I don't know why that was mentioned. I don't think that was the smartest idea or it was very thought through. But I went down first. Essentially, lifeguard had to rescue me because I couldn't swim. And that was that. And also, if you want to follow me anywhere or you enjoyed the show, you can go to Jess in the Flesh Radio on Instagram or Jess in Flesh on Twitter, as well as if you want to see the show online, the audio version, it's anchor.fm backslash Jess in the Flesh. You can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much all these platforms you currently see on the screen right here. And additionally, I'm not expecting you to do this, but if you want to contribute to the show in any way, whether that be a musical recommendation or some kind of message, a question, a comment, you can always just hit the little message tab that's on this screen right here that I'm talking about, and you can send me a voice memo, a message, and you can be part of the show and it'll be really cool. So if you want to do that, like you're totally free. I feel like that would just be more interactive and fun way to do it. Also, if you want to monetarily support the show, it means a lot. Everything I'm making is going right back into the show to improve the quality for you guys. So if you're willing to do that, I would very much appreciate it. Once again, it's not mandatory, but you can do so under the supporter tab as you see on the screen here. But besides that, I hope you all really liked and enjoyed the show. It was very helpful and very therapeutic for me. And I really hope you come in next week and you keep tuning in because I really enjoy having y'all here. So thanks again. Love you guys, and over and out.